0: All a happy new year, happy,
1: happy new guys. year to you, friend. Good meeting you. Thank Be you safe bro. out there, bro. Give
0: me a shout and have me uh, share some words. So, love you guys.
2: Adios, bro. Thank, Thank you. you, brother. And, um, that was JW, huge, huge rigor mortis fan, and uh, remember su- supporting my show for a few years. Um, and f- Big fan. Um, Just uh, always loved uh, chatting with him. And uh, hopefully soon, my buddy uh, Neil Winnell from Chicago is going to be calling in and uh, would love to hear his words on Motorhead as well. So, um, Neil, if you're out there, man, come on. Send us a message. And um, hopefully Neil will be calling in soon. Here we go. Hey, how are you, Nick? I'm doing well, man. How you go? How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Are we on the air? We're on the air right now.
3: All right. So how are things going?
2: Uh going really well. Had a couple of callers already, and um, mm-hmm. just talking about Lemmy, talking a little bit about Rigor Mortis, and um, yeah,
3: it's sad to hear about Lemmy.
2: Yeah, past adventures, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, how many times did you get to see Motorhead over the years, Neil?
3: I only got to see Motorhead twice. I saw them the first time was 1985 at a place called the Metro in Chicago.
1: The famous Metro. And that was an
3: interesting show. Motorhead played so loud the plaster was actually coming off the ceiling at that that show. <gasps> couldn't understand a word Lemmy was saying though. He just couldn't, I couldn't understand him at it least. Got such a thick British accent, you know, and he had probably been drinking. I'm sure. And then I saw him again, I think it was 1990, might have been a little later, they um, they did an outdoor tour, a summer tour, opened it up for Alice Cooper, and I saw that show, and again, I mean, Motorhead was just awesome. Couldn't understand Lemmy a bit, though. I never could understand him.
1: Well, they played so loud that it was, there was a certain, just just a certain mm-hmm. aspect about them, and it was just... I remember the song "Heart of Stone" specifically, just because that's just such a rocking song, and I just remember it being incredibly loud and just not being able to hear myself mm. even scream or think.
4: Being, yeah, they uh, were loud.
1: That was '84 for the Exciter Fate Fate tour uh, that they mm. uh, came on and uh, supported at the Capitol Theater in Pasek in December '84. That was the only time that I got to see them, and at that time, uh, me being the little punk that I was, uh, and being, you know, that it was all cool, and, oh, Metallica was the thing, or, you know, Slayer was the thing, and Motorhead just wasn't going to be it, and I almost walked out on the show. (laughs) Because of being a little punk ass, mm. but I didn't do so, and I stood there, and I say thank you to this day that I did so, because, of course, you know, it is Lemmy Kilmeister, and as I said, I'm a little punk boy thinking that, you know, hey, what was Motorhead gonna be? You had a legend up on stage yeah. then, and, you know... Now I can see this, and now I can, you know, always love Motorhead Had since 81, but yeah, how close I probably did come to walking out on that show after seeing Fate and Exciter.
2: Mm-hmm. So, Neil, like, didn't you uh, kind of, like, bump into uh, Lemmy once? Oh, well, wow. a few years ago i'm uh doing an appearance at at the needs of popping and Lemmy
3: was there lemmy uh much bigger than me he's got a stage show in there, but uh anyway, so I passed lemmy in the in the crowd actually yeah, and uh we we literally brushed shoulders and that hey that's lemmy, I thought you know, and I turned around and by then he's gone, i couldn't see him he's oh it was a pretty big crowd, you know, so he's gone. But that's the closest I ever come to actually meeting him. I never got to meet Lemmy or Hank. That was the
1: same thing. About 100 people around him at the bar in Lemores. And that's how I kind of just went up to him and said, Hey, man, what's up? What's up? All yep. All flying around the area, you know, all that and whatever he was. And wherever he was playing that night or the week before, he must have just been in the area. And uh, who was playing what? that night? I think it was... Uh, I think it was Whip last show at Lamore's that night, and Lemmy just happened to be out in the audience. And then
3: what about you, Nick? How many times have you seen
1: Motorhead play?
2: Uh, never, so I need to uh, find myself oh, a time machine. To
3: find oh, no. A time machine. Yeah, it's, that's sad. I mean, there is Always no more being Motorhead. a young
2: laddie? Well, I mean, it's just like I've I've seen a good amount of shows, and it's like you can't hit them all. That, that's just how it is. Like, uh-huh. you, you can't hit Neil, them all. Neil, you're another
1: oh, yeah, 40-something, Correct. What's that? You're another forty something, I would assume.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I'm 29. I, I'm <laughs> about to celebrate my my 29th birthday for the 22nd time coming so up. That,
1: so, so that works. <laughs> so so you you're basically the so you're 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 in that you're in that range group that you got to see the second the second coming of uh, the Motorhead the, the another perfect day Motorhead, not 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 the. Fast Eddie, the original Motorhead, that some have been fortunate enough to see, that I just missed. But you know, when um, I saw them
3: the first time, it was it was Eddie Phil, and, and Lemmy, yeah. It so was, you did uh, get, Iron Fist. It was the Iron Fist tour. So
1: you did get to see the Iron Fist tour the first time.
3: <clears throat> yeah, I think that was the last time they toured. Is that with that lineup?
1: Unfortunately, I missed that show. I was gonna go to that show. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard Motorhead, I was like, uh,
3: oh, I was young. It was 77. It was on a, um, a sampler, a little sampler record called Catch a Wave. It was a lot of new stuff coming out of England then.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And it was, uh, it was actually uh, two records. It was two 10-inch records. And Motorhead had a track on their White Line Fever off their first album, and that oh, yes. just kind of blew me away. Yeah, for me, I think it was Motorhead. You know, it was one of the first, like, uh, like I said, in 77, discovering them, and then just finding out all these other bands coming out of the area, out of England, and all these other metal bands. And, and, uh, uh, and there's still, today, there's still a lot of good bands coming out.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely.
3: It's, um, it's still strong. You streaming well, no, my, well, streaming it's, uh, my show, first, it goes out to the affiliate stations. I've, they all get it for the first week. Mm-hmm. And then the second week, that show will go into the stream on my own website.
1: So you have that, a streaming service? And that's surface,
3: just a 24-7 just... stream of previous shows. It's well, still
1: that they're uh, messing I mean, with the small Brian. The, the... they really should. pay shouldn't... the royalties. Everybody's yeah. got to pay the ass. Oh, yeah, royalties.
3: we pay the royalties. Right. And I still play all the all the metal classics, the Maiden, the, the Megadeth, Slayer. I got all of that. That's, that's, yeah, and then I'll play that's... the unsigned bands, too. I, I And I don't uh, split them up. I'll put them right, right in there with... Uh,
2: so, um, Neil, you got any, uh, final words on, uh, motorhead? Well, I'm going to miss motorhead, you know, but, um, there is always
3: the old stuff. I mean, we're, I think we're going to see a lot more stuff coming out in the future, more motorhead stuff, nothing new probably, but, uh, packages, you know, yeah, there might be some unreleased stuff, some live stuff. So there'll still be a lot of product to look forward to, I'm sure, but, uh. And there's always the memories, you know. Hopefully some people will start putting together some good catcher footage and we get some good DVDs,
2: stuff like that.
3: Well, it was good talking to you guys then. Thanks for having me on, Nick. You guys have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Keep it metal.
2: Till the next time, man. Be safe. All right. Later. Well, looking forward to uh, another guest to call in. Uh, This guy uh, was a radio host in Dallas many moons ago. And um, you know what? I think we're going to put on, finally, Born to Raise Hell from Motorhead while we're just chilling out here. That was Born to Raise Hell from uh, Motorhead from the Bastards album. And now coming up is my favorite song on that album, I Am the Sword. Here we go. And uh, that was I Am The Sword from Motorhead. Here we go with Sodom doing Iron Fist. This was from the Mortal Way of Live album. Uh, really, really old classic. Here we go. Motorhead. <laughs> I want to be a rock star. Being a rock star is cool. You get to play really loud. Could be loud is your job.
4: If your child is sick over and over again, it could be PI, a defect in the immune system that affects millions. Early detection can give children a chance to dream. Jeffrey Modell Foundation. 25 years of helping children reach for their dreams. Visit us at info4pi.org or call 1-866-INFO-4-P-I.
1: Here's a chance to do something good for your health and for your friends. Consider becoming a peer advocate volunteer. MSU volunteers for Health Promotions drop in center provide personal outreach and education on a variety of health and social justice issues. These include alcohol, drugs, safer sex, stress, nutrition, and diversity, just to name a few. It's peer-led advocacy with the accent on social change. To get involved as a peer advocate, go to the MSU website and search for peer advocates. This message brought to you by MSU Health Promotion.
0: Looking for the real MSU Redhawks experience all year long? Look no further. WMSC has all your Redhawks information, ranging from live play-by-plays, news updates, recaps, and more. Never miss out on the Redhawks with 90.3 WMSC. Let's go Redhawks.
4: This is Bruce Corbin of Rigor Mortis and Warbeast, and you're
1: listening to WMSC
2: 90.3. Yo, what's up? We're back on the air, and uh, hopefully getting another caller soon. And, um, hmm, what should we put on now? Here we go, Megadeth in My Darkest Hour. Hey, and that was just Megadeth in my darkest hour. Now, coming up, hopefully uh caller from uh, Dallas, Texas. We're just going to have to wait and see. Um, hopefully, Buddy Ari is calling in soon. Oh, wait, wait. It looks like we've got a caller. Hey, what's up? Nick, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Ari. Right. So um, tell my listeners... Um, a little bit about your history having like a uh like a um tv show in dallas texas <laughs> and some of the bands well, that you promoted and things like that sure
4: uh let me see it started really we were doing the radio on a public access you know and there we were uh radio free like a late night show and at first i think uh jerry warden's metal show was before us and then we came in at like two in the morning and uh and then just did like crazy punk stuff all night until the gospel show came in right after us on <laughs> sunday morning which was kind of weird anyway all sorts of stuff uh happened there i ended up going and doing the uh people access show for about seven years or dallas music videos and you know, like you can't really say, Wow, that's incredible. It was just cable access. It was fun though. We uh we did a lot of crazy stuff and a lot of cool bands. Um I there's a lot, I mean, it's hard to think of many. We did a lot of local bands. We had like Rigamort's Sedition, uh all those guys in the studio all the time, local gringos, Fueno Vistas. Uh, a lot of, like, local touring people around here, you know, Texas, Arcana stuff. It was pretty much a mix of any kind of music that was local. But uh, I also got a chance to interview and talk to a lot of big bands, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Crumbsucker, Soundgarden, Beastie Boys, you, you name it, just crazy, all sorts of touring bands.
2: So, like, how did... I, I remember you telling me you ended up having it crazy interview with uh, lemmy from motorhead how did you set that one up man
4: yeah, i guess that's why we were i don't really know really, you know my producer handled that stuff she'd get in she'd get like uh all the uh little packages in the mail that would be like the promotional packages and whatnot and then she'd talk to the people running the uh the tours and whatnot and set up our interviews and we'd go in set up the equipment and start talking to the band
2: Wow. And, um, like, what was the date of that?
4: Oh, my God. Or maybe even like, can
2: you remember the year?
4: Yeah, that's where I'm going, 89, 90 maybe, back then when, when I did the Motorhead interview. I, I am going to say they, they were playing at a, the Texas Coliseum at State Fair, Fair Park. Uh, I'm going to say 90-ish, maybe earlier, 89, right around in then. So like how it was big... uh, funny. I, I know I told you this before, <laughs> halfway through the interview, and I was kind of being goofy and and doing my regular stuff. When he like grabs me by the throat, it kind of throttled me. My life flashed before my eyes. I was like, you know, I don't know if that makes good television, but it was really fun for me. It was kind of like this is this is something that doesn't normally happen in the middle of an interview.
2: <laughs> so like, what were like your favorite parts of that? chat with him besides like uh getting yanked by the neck by lemmy well i mean that would
4: be it probably uh just talking about music and the bands. what's cool is like some bands will you know kind of give you a formatted answer kind of thing that you get you know like you ask the formatted questions they want you to ask And that that wasn't that kind of interview man they talked about whatever they felt like talking about and i enjoy that a lot more
2: how many motorhead shows did you see over the years man I'm going to say at least four
4: or five, probably. There would have been that one. They played Arcadia. They played a show with cro Windy O'Williams, Williams, and Scratch Asset. Man, that was a crazy show. Uh, And then uh, I think there's a couple more venues. I'm trying to remember. I think once at Tommy's or whatever it was called at the time, uh, Deep Island Place. Uh, yeah, at least four
1: or five. And, and uh, the one and only time that I ever saw, he just brought up Wendy O. Williams. She came out on stage with Lemmy, and they encored. Um, what was the song? They stand by your man with uh, with Lemmy. So that was that was something uh, magical to tell you about the one Motorhead show in '84 that I seen, and that was the Fate and Exciter tour. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes, Miss Wendy L did come out on stage that night. Very cool. And the only time that I got to get to see Wendy L.
4: What am I listening to here, man? That's that's weird. What? Well, it sounded like you cut away to something else talking. Well, no, no. Um,
2: my co-host uh, nice? tonight, uh, my friend Dave, was trying okay. to uh, ask you something.
1: I, I couldn't quite
4: hear. <laughs> something about something but, about uh Wendy o. Williams being on stage.
1: Yeah, she was on stage. She came out uh on stage and said Dude, talking
2: to the mic man. You can't she came talk out away from and her. uh
1: <laughs> did uh, Stand by Your Man um with um, I would say
2: I
4: kind of remember that. With Lemmy, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was it was it was pretty cool. That's the kind of the memory that uh one of the memories that I do remember it because it was the only time I got to see Wendy O on stage. And yeah, I did like I I did like a lot of the Plasmatics material, still do. And oh yeah,
4: uh, it's heavy and and uh, you know it's it's a lot more fun live going yeah. to a Plasmatics. Oh show sure, sure. I wish I
1: wish there. I uh, did attend one back in the day, like you know G.G. G Allen or any of those uh, <laughs> great bands back in the day to get to see them would have been uh, mythical to say the least. But you know. Um, well, you know, I don't know if, if you've ever seen cro Mags, but they mm.
4: they put on a show that takes you somewhere else. I've seen them a couple times, and uh, you know, it, it's that weird Krishna vibe. It's like you were at the Krishna temple eating those little pieces of bread, <laughs> and you're all in them, all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Very fun show. Yeah.
2: Damn man, so I guess um. Thinking back on uh, things, what would you say was, like, your favorite Motorhead album, man?
4: Oh, yeah, I was talking about this last night with some friends. I'm, I'm going to say Overkill really is my favorite album.
1: Good that, choice. And I love
4: No Remorse. I mean, No Remorse is kind of when I picked up on it. That's just because it's the live double album. It's got so many damn songs, you can't really beat that. But... uh as far as, you know, I think my favorite stuff, it came out, and it was definitely
1: No Remorse.
4: Damn, man. Or not No Remorse. What did I say? Overkill. That's the
1: one. The um, Aftershock Tour Edition was a double uh, CD, and um, I was playing that on my tribute show the other day. And they have a nice B-side of the 2014 tour. Which is mm. all pretty good, uh, good stuff. I tell you, you
4: that that album that came out in 2014. I forget what it's called. Aftershock. It was, yeah, so was, many, yeah, so many great songs on that album. Yep, I, and they have the, it around here
1: so it has, Yeah, it has the tour edition, and uh, it's a two CD uh, version, and it's got the album of course, and then it's got the whole uh, live live um, live stuff from the experts of the. Uh, 2014 tour so I was like it's really uh, really cool little package
4: Uh, I guess another album I pretty much wore out was 1914 man that was really or is it
1: 1918
4: 16 16 yep 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 yeah yeah I wore that sucker out (laughs) good stuff so well, like, uh, What I liked is, is in, you know, the, the recent albums were as good as any of the early stuff. Like they really never changed the formula, you know? And it seemed fresher every time, too. It's like, we, we're doing this, we're doing it good, keep doing it.
2: So, like, Ari, can you tell me about, um, just thinking about how last week was, like, the anniversary of uh, Mike's passing, um, what were some good memories you had of the guys in rigor mortis being on your show?
4: Oh, man. <laughs> they were loud they were fun i mean i knew those guys before they were the band really before they got together and started jamming they just hang out at the punk club and they were the metalhead guys and really i mean we had such a weird cool scene in dallas at the time that no one you know reacted weird to them they'd proven their place they were us you know they were in and, they, and we were them everyone was friends but uh they started you know coming up and really doing good stuff with their music next thing you know they're signed and uh i mean that's big a dallas band like that getting signed by you know some huge record i forget i want to say uh atlantic or whatever it was but um you know it was a big deal and they were so humble about it you know they made sure everyone came out and and uh remember right after that at some point like i was hanging out with him at the house we were watching clive barker movies all night and being stupid and casey had sat down the bassist sat down and showed me how to play bass he wrote this huge thing out on the back of like a a cardboard piece from a a notepad and gave it to me like here's the chords here's what you do didn't really make sense until like a years later, I was looking at it, It's like, oh, you know, and I was picking up the basic Mm -hmm. and trying to mess with it. I was like, man, Casey showed me everything you really got to know. That's it. And he was smart. He got it. I think he'd be a good teacher if if you had him doing that, but you know, he's probably beyond that point at this
2: point. Oh, definitely. Um, I guess, were you able to find any of um, those uh, VHS tapes of some of those interviews you had? either, like, uh, the on-site ones or, like, maybe even, like, the rigor mortis footage?
4: I would love to see a lot of that. You know, there's there's a little bit uh Dallas Music Video stuff, and I think one of our rigor interviews is on it on YouTube that this guy put up. But, uh, you know, all those tapes, I know the producer probably knows where they are. They're in some storage in a vault locked away, like some... Raiders of the lost art type thing somewhere. <laughs> but she had like like a room that was just full of rows of shelves of of our show tapes and uh if I could get my hands on some of that, it'd be amazing
2: yeah i mean uh it, it it'd just be brilliant to uh see some of that early footage
4: yeah i i I don't know where it is yeah, you know? But uh, it was fun. I kind of cringe when I see, like, the first year or two of it. I hadn't really gotten my chops yet, and I was a little goofier. Yeah. Once once I had learned what I was doing and I was more relaxed, I liked to see the way I handled it. But the first – and that's what you get in that YouTube video that I was talking about. It's definitely – I hadn't really – gotten my chops as far as how I handled an interview and the way things went. But that's, that was fun too. You know, you got those guys being crazy and me kind of going, Oh shit, I'm crazy too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I guess, um, pretty much you have any, uh, final words to say before, uh, I need to, uh, get in really. another corner.
4: You know, I, I, I certainly always appreciate getting a chat with you, man. Yeah, uh, I look forward to it again in the future uh it's a shame man what a what a just darn shame losing Lemmy, man you know i i always was thinking oh there'll be more album there were more tours to get to see them and that's not the case now it's a shame
2: well i mean it's just can only live as long as you have so
4: (laughs) i guess so you gotta think about it like that man
2: yeah
4: have a good night nick
2: be well uh, Ari. until the next time man. happy new year brother You too. Have a new year. And um, that's pretty much it for most of the callers. Although I may have my buddy Chris calling in soon. I'll see about that. Um, What would be a song you might want to hear, Dave? Uh, You thinking maybe "Haunting the Chapel"? The Chapel. And that was Haunting the Chapel from uh and uh gonna have my buddy uh Chris calling in soon. So uh Very
1: Chris
2: He'll be a very, very crisp person. Pretty much at the end of the broadcast, had a really good time talking with all the people that called in tonight. Had uh people like Doyle Bright, well. uh buddy JW, friend uh Neil Winnell. Yeah. Um Buddy Ari from, uh, Texas, from Free Radio Borough. You gotta respect the borough. And, I believe... Hello. Hello. Domino's Pizza. Yes.
0: Yes. Not Domino's. Ordered.
2: Okay. Yo, Chris, man, what's up? Hey,
0: how are you doing, man?
2: i doing well. Just chilling out. And, uh... Just relaxing right now, uh just winding down had so many different people calling in from like Doyle bright to uh buddy j w Neil Winnell called in uh Dave Shack is with me right now um this radio host or well honestly a cable access host from uh Texas that used to have like these crazy bands like rigor mortis and uh the whole d f w scene on there as well as sometimes uh like touring local bands and things of that nature. Oh, get out. For reals. That's pretty cool.
0: And um Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like really, you know, I'm still like kind of reeling from, you know, from just the fact that Lemmy's gone. I mean, I I don't think that anybody was expecting it at all
4: that quickly.
0: Um, plus, on top of that, I mean, of all the things that he put in his body, I think that I don't think that anybody was worried about it being cancer. I don't think that anybody even like would imagine that Lemmy would, you know, would even be able to get cancer just from the all the crazy stuff that he did.
2: Yeah, would you have figured he would have last outlasted Keith Richards?
0: I figured he would have outlasted me, let alone Keith Richards.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine Keith Richards must be, uh, scratching his head going, people can die besides me. Yes, they
1: can. Hm. That's
2: true. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, but he
0: was, uh, he was just really fun to see. I mean, if if nobody, if you never got around to seeing Motorhead, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to see them on one occasion, but I, uh... I saw them at the Metal Masters in 2008, and I thought that they were phenomenal. Um, they they may have stole the show, but it's hard to say because that lineup was just crazy. Uh, it was um, it was them, Testament, Judas Priest, and Heaven and Hell. Uh, it was also my only time seeing Heaven and Hell, also, and just what a great show. I mean, Mickey D's drum solo was crazy. Um, they opened with Dr. Rock. I remember. Uh, I, I remember during Mickey D's drum solo, like he always does, he um, he threw like maybe fifty or sixty drumsticks just up in the air and still hitting, doing like snare rolls with the other one, and just throwing them out in like a conga line. And it was just one of the coolest things to ever see. I remember being really blown away by their performance and just how tight they were.
2: What other bands do you remember from that night?
0: Well, Testament was incredible. Uh, but that was the first time that I saw them, and I think it was the first time that I saw Judas Priest as well. So it was a uh, it was a big first show and a big only show for like for half of the bands on the bill, as far as me seeing them. But uh, Testament was Testament was great, um, and Heaven and Hell blew me away. It's be funny because that show was what got me into listening and appreciating the Heaven and Hell. Um, catalog because before that I wasn't really into um, I wasn't really into the uh, Dio Sabbath stuff because I didn't re- I never really gave it a chance and then when I saw it live I just I-, I could not believe it like my whole thought process changed completely from that band and at some like some days I like the Heaven and Hell stuff better than the Ozzy stuff but I guess because that was just my naive you know like. Eighteen-year-old metalhead mentality was like, okay, well, Ozzy is Ozzy, and Ozzy Sabbath is Ozzy Sabbath, and Dio Sabbath is just not listen. It's just not worth listening to because it's Dio, because Dio is Dio, which was really dumb of me. But so I- I'm glad that that a changed my mindset, and that's just that's b, so what an extraordinary performance. Yeah, that's so um, yeah, And Judas that. Priest was fantastic. I think they played Nightcrawler, and I was like really, really psyched for that because they pretty much never played that song, or at least at the time they weren't. I don't know if they've added it back into the set now, but it was just really special. And just after the show, um, oh, I remember. I remember during the show, uh, we had general admission seats uh, in the in PA in, in the uh, PNC, so we were just um, so we were on the lawn. And in between people leaving to go to the bathroom, we just jumped over the guardrail. And we we just jumped over the the railing, and we just got normal seats because it wasn't sold out. So we ended up moving down and just upgrading ourselves. And it was a cool show. And then just after that, um, we were just, like, waiting for other people to leave. And uh, Alex Skolnick is just walking around the seats. So we just, like, sat there and just, like, chatted with him for a little bit. And it was a really, really, really neat experience.
2: Can you remember um, what the album uh, Motorhead had recently put out was?
0: Oh, Jesus. Um, I don't know. Hold on. Let me just get to my computer. I'm not entirely sure what what album it was, though. If they had released an album that year.
2: Oh, wait. Motorizer, maybe? Um, was it that one? Motorizer came out in oh eight, kiss of death in two thousand six. Yeah,
0: hmm. I was gonna say Either that or the uh either that or they had released um the early years second version compilation or the uh Overkill 30th anniversary edition video. I'm not sure because they weren't headlining the uh they weren't headlining the tour. So it's very possible that it was one of those three. Or maybe Motorizer was about to come out. I'm I'm not sure. It was August, I think.
2: Hmm, let me see.
0: Yeah, August 29th. So Motorizer was about to come out.
2: Yeah. August 29th? That's the day of the release date.
0: Yeah, that's the release date. The show was not that day. I'm not sure what day the show
2: was. I think it, it... Was it a Tuesday? Um, I maybe I really don't remember. Because if it was possible. a Tuesday, that's when albums came out. Till they moved it to Fridays.
0: Hmm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what day of the week it was. It but I don't think that it had come out that day. Hm. But it was. It was just awesome to just see them. I mean, um. And if you. If you should. If you. The best. Way to just kind of see the kind of person that Lemmy. Was. Um, if you, if you could pick up the Lemmy movie, the, uh, the Lemmy documentary.
2: What, I Am Lemmy? That,
0: um, that came out in 2011. It, uh, that's, like, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And also his book, White Line Fever, is really, really great. I've reread that a couple of times.
2: So, um, I guess, do you remember the set list at all from that show for Motorhead? Um... I remember they
0: played. I remember they opened with Doctor Rock, which I was really happy about. Uh, they, hmm, at some point or another, they played Ace of Spades and um, they and Overkill. It was it was mostly, I guess it was mostly staples because they only had about a half hour. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to, th- I'm not sure. They probably played the title track of uh, Motorizer and something else off of it. And I think they played Bomber, but I'm not sure.
2: Hmm. Awesome man.
0: And uh, I'm pretty sure that they did play Iron fist though. So it was mostly stables, but it didn't matter because they were so damn good.
2: Any final words, Chris, for uh speaking about Lemmy and uh also I guess the anniversary of Mike's passing last week too?
0: Oh yeah, that was a big thing too. Um well, Lemmy and Mike, I mean, two very different people, but they their music really shaped and touched the world. I mean, there's a lot of there's just an infinite number of bands that have that have and will be influenced by them for years to come. And I, I just it's a shame to see them go but their memories are always living on and they're always immortalized. Uh, in uh, in their music, so I'm gonna miss them. Uh, I'm I'm sure that Mickey D and Phil Campbell will be just fine. Um, I'm sure that they'll have, I'm sure that there's gonna be some project that they'll start working on, or they'll start collaborating with people, because those them being who they are and being in the band that they were in, there, it's there, it's it's safe to say that the industry will have a safe. Uh, Place for them as far as work is concerned, but uh, it, I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss seeing that band. I'm going to miss seeing things and like listening to interviews with Lemmy. Um, also, Chris Jericho's podcast with Lemmy that he did um, right before they released Bad Magic was really good. Which that album I thought was like even even though nobody wanted them to end on that album, uh, it was a really solid effort, and I thought that it was one of their better um, recent releases. And also just feel free to check out my, uh, my obituary on Lemmy
2: mm-hmm.
0: on, um, bonesawzine.com.
2: Wow. Thanks a lot, Chris. Really appreciate You're it. You're welcome, guys. Well, be safe, man. Adios.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Happy New Year.
2: All right. That was, uh, the last call of the night.